0: Hello, and welcome to the In the Word podcast. This is the podcast that will help you to understand God's Word, build a stronger relationship with God, and develop habits that will help
1: you love God and others better. And now, here's your host, Trevor Pope. What's going on, guys? What's going on? It is a pleasure, as always, to be back again. On another episode of in the word podcast. Listen, truly, truly appreciate you guys and all of the support, all of the downloads, all of the feedback. You know, some of you guys reached out and commented about last week's episode, and I truly appreciate that. You know, some of the things we talked about, some of you guys said some of those things you didn't know about were either in the Bible or you know, things that were going on. And if you're just tuning into this podcast and you have not heard last week's podcast, I was talking a little bit about the importance of protecting our children. And in the midst of talking about the importance of protecting our children, you know, I talked about why Satan or a couple of the reasons why Satan hates, you know, children so much. And, you know, it was just an honor and a pleasure to just touch on, you know, touch on that and talk a little bit about pedophilia and child sacrifice and kidnapping, all the things we kind of hear about sometimes that, you know, some of us, you know, may know is going on. But sometimes to those that have not, you know, maybe heard of it or dug into it a little bit, it can almost seem or sound like conspiracy theory. So, you know, I was glad to hear from some of you guys that you know, you, you really got something from last, last week's podcast and, you know, that it really encouraged you and enlightened you on, you know, some of the things that I was talking about. But the funny thing is, is right after I recorded that podcast, you know, I ran into this video on Twitter, I believe. Um, and it was dealing with, uh, a TED talk, I guess, that a young lady had and she was addressing or talking about pedophilia. And I want you guys to hear that because it was just kind of confirmation of some of the things I have been talking about, you know, in that last podcast. And and I don't think that it's a coincidence that I ran into that because I even ran into a couple of other things to just confirm, you know, what I was talking about in that last podcast that we really have to keep an eye on our children And really, you know, be mindful of where they are, who they're around, you know, who's in their lives, because, you know, it's just a it's just unfortunately we live in a dying and a dark world, you know. But really quickly, I want you guys to kind of hear a little bit uh, what this young lady was saying, and then, you know, we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. I don't want to kind of dive back into the thing I talked about last week, if you haven't heard last week's uh, episode And you don't know what I'm talking about, please, you know, after you listen to this episode, go back and check it out. Um, I believe it'll be an encouragement to you. But yeah, without further ado, guys, I'm going to let you hear what this young lady had to say. And I'll be right back.
0: I want to quickly summarize where we are at the moment. According to current research, pedophilia is an unchangeable sexual orientation. Just like, for example, heterosexuality. No one chooses to be a pedophile. No one can cease being one. The difference between pedophilia and other sexual orientations is that living out this sexual orientation will end in a disaster. Right now, most of us feel discomfort when we think about this scenario. And most of us feel discomfort when we think about pedophiles. But just like pedophiles, we are not responsible for our feelings. We do not choose them. But we are responsible for our actions, and we must make a decision. It is in our responsibility to reflect and to overcome our negative feelings about pedophiles and to treat them with the same respect we treat other people with. We should accept that pedophiles are people who have not chosen their sexuality and who, unlike most of us, will never be able to live it out freely if they want to lead an upright life. We should accept that pedophilia is a sexual preference, a thought, a feeling, and not an act we should differentiate between child sexual abuse and pedophilia. We shouldn't increase the suffering of pedophiles by excluding them, by blaming and mocking them. By doing that, we increase their isolation, and we increase the chance of child sexual abuse. Only if they make themselves recognizable, because they're not afraid of punishment, of anger and rejection, Can we better understand the causes of pedophilia and we can improve their treatment?
1: Wow, 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 wow. Like when I when I heard that uh, for the first time, all I could say is wow, wow, wow. Um, It was very interesting to hear her. Say some of the things that she said, and I won't dig into everything she said. I mean, you guys can go back, you know, after this podcast, go back if you want to pick through it. But, you know, just to hear what she was talking about and how she was trying to kind of, you know, uh, twist, you know, the whole pedophilia thing in, in such a way where. You know, we just accept it. It was just amazing. And just to touch on a little bit of what she said in there and not to go through the whole thing. You know, she starts off saying, according to current research, and it's like, well, okay. well, who's research? But she says, according to current research, pedophilia is an unchangeable sexual orientation, just like, for example, heterosexuality. No one chooses to be a pedophile and no one can cease being one. And I totally disagree with that because we know that God is able to do all things. You know, many of us led you know, many types of different lives in the past lives that we weren't proud of lives that went totally against God and God delivered us from those lives. So I'm a true believer that no matter how bad the life is or how bad we deem it to be that God can change an individual's life, his mind, his heart, all of those things. So I totally disagree with that. But she went on to say the difference between pedophilia and other sexual orientations is that living out this sexual orientation will end in disaster. And I don't disagree with that because I'm sure, you know, nine times out of the 10, you know, nine times out of 10, it probably will. Um, But, you know, just to kind of hear her go through that whole, You know, those those first few words that she talked about. Now, mind you, this is not even I don't believe this is even the whole speech. This was just a snippet that someone shared. But, you know, the way that she was kind of twisting things and kind of trying to play towards, you know, humankind's or mankind's sympathy, you know, because one of the things she said that I do agree with, of course, we shall we shouldn't be mocking anybody or making fun of anybody that struggles with anything. But on the other hand, you know, we're not going to allow you to use that you know, to, you know, especially for those of us that are not doing that to make us feel bad or feel some type of way um, if we have a problem with that particular thing, you know, meaning pedophilia, you know, um, you know, but it was just amazing that I ran into that video and saw that, you know, right after I had recorded this, but, you know, just to give you guys A couple of comments um, on the video that a couple of people commented just to, you know, show you what some people thoughts are uh, of the video were. Uh, One guy said speechless. The moral relativism that justifies pedophilia has arrived because love is love. The West is in steep moral decline. Another guy uh, commented and he was another guy that because both of these guys shared this video, um, another guy, he said the next celebrated group. In other words, he said this is going to be the next celebrated group. They will get wealthy sponsors, will lobby to become core issue, will lobby to become a core issue at the U.N., will launch a flag and declare a month to be theirs. Then they'll come after their worst enemies, parents of young children. Hashtag pedophilia. And I thought that 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 last statement he made, then they'll come after their worst enemies, parents of young children. Hashtag pedophilia. Um, Listen, we are living in a very dark, you know, a very. If you if you don't know Christ and you don't understand the things that are going on and you don't and you're not looking for that life to come, um, it's, it's not only a dark time, but it's an uncertain time. And that's what you have. A lot of people dealing with uncertainty. And if you are in the body of Christ and if you are saved, you should not be dealing with uncertainty as far as what's going to be the end result or what's going to be the outcome of all of this when it is all said and done. Like I get, you know. Sometimes dealing with, you know, the things that we see currently with this pandemic, you know, with with all of the the, the protests and all of the different things that's been going on and just just all of the, the crime stories that you're hearing, you know, in every community. I mean, we, we've seen a spike definitely in the black community with crime, you know, because that's a lot of times that's what they're going to talk about most on the news. But I've been running into some. You know, just some horrific stories. Just even in other communities, man, white, Spanish—it's just crazy, man. Just like the world is totally out of control. But we that are saved, we understand why. It's because it is really in a spiritual decline. It is on its deathbed. It is, you know, it is in hospice, as I always say. And you know, when you see how crazy is getting and how bad is getting. If you're not careful, you will allow what you're seeing to discourage you. You know, but those of us that are in the faith, we should be excited and encouraged because we now see and we have been seeing for a long time. The scriptures are coming to life. The scriptures are real. They're not coming to life. They've all always been alive. But you know what I'm saying? You know, we're seeing things come to pass that we've read And, you know, we're seeing those things now more than ever. You know, there was a time when things, you know, you can see things getting bad and things were crazy, but not at this rate. I mean, it just seems like it's just rolling and rolling and rolling at such a fast rate. And, you know, It can be very discouraging. And that's why we encourage those of you that do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to make him your Lord and Savior. Romans 10 and 9 says that if, you know, you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved, that, you know, God didn't make salvation a hard thing you know jesus went to the cross he did all the hard things he took the persecution he took the beatings the spitting on the death the the resurrection he did All of the hard things that we could not do. He took the entire burden on his back so that we can, you know, now be brought back to God, to be reconciled to God, to have that relationship with God. You know, he bridged that gap so that not only we can be back connected with God, but we can also do the work that God called us to do. And then in the end, the retirement plan. You know, the ultimate retirement plan is eternity, you know, with him, eternal life, you know, uh, with the father and the son. So I just, you know, just watching all these different things and just hearing the conversations of different people saved and not saved. You know, I'm just really praying that, you know, we are all, you know, that are saved, that we are we we are holding on to God's word and that we are not allowing what it is that we see to dictate what it is that we believe and where we stand in our faith. And another thing that we see going on now with the kids, um, if, if any of you are like me, I have young kids. Uh, you know, I have three kids. I have a 19-year-old, a soon to be 20, which is out of the house, which, you know, uh, she lives on her own, I should say. I have a 9-year-old son and I have a 7-year-old son, you know, so they're both still in school. So what we see going on now um, is that, there's a decision to be made if the kids are going to go back to school, whether it's uh, every other week or, you know, not send them back at all. You know, it's just a huge thing that's going on right now. And many people are very concerned. Um, some are afraid. Some don't know what to do. Some are ready to send them back because, you know, they just wasn't able to necessarily handle, you know, especially for the older Uh, Those that were older parents and may not been able to deal with a lot of the online things and things of that nature, and some people just believe that the threat, you know, to the children isn't as bad as you know some are making it because you know now we see all of a sudden, you know, and this came from out of nowhere, um, and I forgot what state it was in. All of a sudden, they're saying now that babies. Under 12 months, a bunch of them has been tested positive for coronavirus, which which is a little weird because, you know, this is something we didn't see when it was when it was really, really bad. So, you know, whether you believe that's true or whether you don't, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it definitely is. It makes you kind of question thing, things and think about things, you know, uh, especially when, you know, you can't necessarily Trust 100 percent everything that you're hearing from, you know, these news sources or medical sources. And you would like to, you know, what I mean, we we would like to just be able to take everything at face value. But we've seen, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, some things come out. Um, you know, we've seen people change their minds about some of the ways we protect ourselves from the pandemic. I was just talking to somebody recently about, you know, think about it two and a half months ago. We were told that it was super important to wear gloves. And I'm talking about, you know, when I would go out and have to go to the grocery store, you know, obviously everybody was wearing gloves. But it was so crazy and so serious that, you know, people were leaving their gloves all over the parking lots of the grocery stores and the different places. And it's like now, two and a half months later, even though we're still in the midst of this, people are still getting sick. Now, all of a sudden, it's 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 hardly it's a low percentage of people that are wearing gloves now. So it's like, well, wait a minute. If you know, wearing gloves was that important, then why isn't it that important now? So I think things like that is what causes people to raise questions and say, listen, you know, I don't quite think everything, you know, I don't think you're quite giving me the whole picture on what's going on. And a lot of times when people bring up these types of questions, You know, we like to call them conspiracy theorists or, you know, they're just tripping. And and, and I'm here to tell you. It's unfortunate that we have a lot of that. Anytime anything happens in this country, it's questioned. You know, you, you got somebody that's going to make a video that says it's fake. And and we know that the pandemic itself, the you know, however or whatever people are getting COVID-19 or if it's something else, we know that that is real because I know people that were sick. I know people that have passed away. My wife is a respiratory therapist in the hospital, so she's seen many that have passed away. So it's not that we you know, it's not that the sickness or the virus or whatever it is going around isn't real. It's just the information that we as the, as the public, as you know, uh society is getting from mainstream. It's like we, we're trying to sift through it all because we don't know what's true and what's not, you know, um just the way it's spread and how it spread so fast. It's like, well, did it really spread? through droplets and through touch. And like I said, now we're not even wearing any gloves. And so it's just crazy, man. And, and, and I, and I said years ago, and I w- I would say this to people, especially about living here in America, that is sad that you almost have to be, you know, at the incident of something to believe that it is hundred 100- percent that it is a hundred percent true and that's so sad and so scary that that's the type of society we live in that we really can't trust hardly anything that most you know most of these individuals say especially you know when it comes to government or mainstream media it's just so hard to take everything they say at face value and then when you see people that do take everything they say at face value they're just real radical they're real crazy you know they're, they're you know I, i'm you no know, i won't say not all but you know a lot of times they are real you know uh uh how, what's the word i'm looking for a lot of times that you know they feel like they they that the point that they're trying to make that it, it is a 100% fact because why because they heard it on TV or they heard it on the from a doctor that they never seen before or or whatever a politician and because they are into those things and because a lot of times that's where their trust is You know, you can't tell them anything, even if you can lay some things out to say to them, listen, pray about this, you know, because it just sounds a little, you know, it it, it sounds a little questionable. So pray about it, not saying that it's not true, but pray about it because we see some inconsistencies. And I said all that to say that if you are somebody that, you know, you have, you know, young children and you're thinking about sending them back to school, just really pray on it, you know, Um, you know, don't allow. These times and everything that's happening to cause you to be afraid. And I talked about this, you know, when the when the pandemic first started um, on one of my eat up Mondays, I talked about, you know, um, love versus fear. We know in first John four and 18, the scripture says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out all fear. And we know that love is God. There is no fear in God. It says, because why? Because fear have torment. And we know that there is no torment in God. Anytime that you're tormenting in your mind and you're afraid, you know, timidity, when you're afraid to that point when there's torment in your mind, we know that that has nothing to do with God. That has all to do with Satan. It says, he that fear is not made perfect in love. And what I try to encourage In that video, and if you guys get a chance, go and check it out. It's on YouTube, you know, uh, where I talked about it. Um, You know, basically what I was saying was, listen, there's one thing to be cautious, and that's what we're all doing. I'm, I'm wearing my mask. I'm doing the things that... I need to do. But at the same time, I can't allow myself to be navigating and going through this life afraid. You know, I'm trying to follow the rules of the stores or whatever have you. But at the end of the day, I can't find myself walking around afraid. And that's, you know, that's what I'm here to encourage you guys. If you, if you in the midst of making this decision on sending your children back, just really go before God, you know, pray and ask them, you know, what it is that you should do. Don't allow, necessarily your circumstances or what you have going on or what's you know by them staying home or going what it's going to hinder or what is not going to hinder just really go before the lord and pray but don't allow fear to 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 give you your answer is what I'm basically trying to say, because we know that second Timothy one and seven says, for God have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And anytime that, and, and that's the thing that people don't understand that fear is a spirit, you know, and when that spirit is on you, when you are afraid, when you, you know, you, you're in a place where you can't hardly think you can't hardly make the right decisions. And if you notice, that's what we see going on in this society. The more, more fear is pushed, the more people are made to be afraid, you know, the crazier they're acting, you know, they're acting crazy in the stores. It's just it's just out of control. But we that are saved, these are the uh, these are Satan devices that we got to watch out for. Yes, we're going to be cautious and we're going to be prayerful. And and hear what I'm saying clearly. I am not saying and I want this to be clear that if you are not willing to send your kids back or if you're not going to send your kids back to school, that that means you're afraid. That is not what I'm saying, because once again, I'm saying be prayerful and allow God to lead you in whatever you decide to do. But in the meantime, do not allow fear to to drive your answer, whether it's yay or it's nay, you know, and sometimes we have to unplug, you know, from the system, sometimes we got to stop watching a lot, of, a lot of these news reports and really take time to pray and say, God, listen, I need you to lead and guide me on this. And, you know, my, um, you know, my pastor, he was talking a little bit about a couple of things that was going on, and I'm going to touch on that in a minute, but a scripture Another scripture that I talked about a lot when the pandemic first started, and I talked about a lot when they started talking about opening stores and businesses, it was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, every single way, acknowledge him, and he shall. The Bible says, he shall, he will direct thy paths, but we have to acknowledge them in all of our ways. We have to be totally trusting in him with all our heart. We can't be allowing ourselves to trust everything that man is saying. And I am not here saying that every single thing that comes on television or comes on the news is a lie, but I am telling you that this is Satan's system and that unfortunately he has men in place that have an agenda. So everybody, That is on TV is not your friend. I am not here to tell you who they are and who they are not because I'm not even, you know, that's not even where I am in my life trying to investigate who's the bad guy and who's this and who's, that's not where I am. I'm just striving to be led by the Lord. I'm just striving to be at a place that when I hear something that just doesn't sound right, you know, I get that check in my spirit because God is alarming me to what's being said. And like, listen, watch out for this girl or watch out for this guy. Watch out for this person. You know, that's where I'm striving to be, you know, in my life in this current season. So I want to encourage you, if you guys are like my wife and I and so many others that I know, that are in this um, place of trying to figure out, you know, what to do when it comes to sending your kids back to school. Just pray about it, you know, and until and, and you get that peace on what it is you feel God is leading you to do because we have to protect our children. There's so many different concerns about them going back, even though we didn't hear a lot about kids getting sick and things of that nature. Now, it seems that a little bit of that narrative is starting to be pushed. And and it's, you know, people that were somewhat comfortable at, at one point of maybe sending them back when the doors open. Now they're reluctant. And, you know, so it's it's just a lot going on. And then there's just so many other concerns in the midst of sending them back. And so we got to really be protective of the little ones. We know that Satan You know, he he wants all of us. He desires to sift all of us like wheat, just like he desired to do with Peter. But he is absolutely, you know, positively after the young ones like never before. And I touched on some of the reasons why. Once again, listen to that last podcast, uh, episode eight, um, just to just hear a little bit about what I talked about. But, yeah, one of the things that my pastor brought up. Uh, this past Sunday, you know, because we are back having services. I think this past Sunday might have been our seventh or eighth week. Maybe, 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 yeah, maybe our seventh or eighth week back having regular services. You know, we're taking the precautions. You know, everybody's wearing a mask. We're sanitizing the hands before we go into the sanctuary. And so far, by the grace of God, everything has been good, you know. But he had brought up this past Sunday, um, you know, he talked about how, you know, you still don't have a lot of, churches open and you know he even talked about some of his you know his personal pastor friends that have yet to open even though you know the government you know because a lot of people you know stop opening up because the government you know suggested or or said listen it would be best if you're not open so a lot of churches a lot of pastors you know they kind of you know or not kind of but they closed the doors for for a while you know but now You know, the government came back and said, listen, it's okay if you do X, Y and Z, you know, but now you still see a lot of churches and, you know, pastors that have not opened up the churches, which once again, you know, I stand on the side of, you know, you definitely have to be led. You definitely have to be praying as long as it isn't fear that is driving your decision. But he started talking about what was going on or what is going on in California and at the time I had I saw a couple of, you know, like uh, head headlines on like like news, you know, on, like on the feeds. If I'm on Twitter or Facebook, I, I saw a couple of headlines there about California and the church, but I hadn't clicked on any of them. So I didn't really know the specifics of everything that was going on, because like I said, I'm, I'm trying I try to be real selective on how much. I dig into everything that's going on, you know, but when it's time, then I do. But he started talking about what was going on. And and what I didn't realize at the time was that, you know, not only, um, you know, that they had not only did they have some restrictions, I guess, you know, with the churches opening back up. But one of the main things that they had passed was a ban, you know. A go, uh, the governor of the state of California they passed a ban, you know, uh, that there would be no singing and chanting, you know, in the church services. Basically, no singing in the church services. And my pastor was kind of talking about that. So, you know, I, you know, listened to some of the conversations that's been being had about that, and just talked to a couple people about it. And it's like, man, you know. <laughs> It's funny because when 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 I did uh, read a couple articles on it, uh, one of the articles I read, it started out by saying after allowing leftists to protest for weeks, California is now prohibiting religious people from singing and chanting while attending church services. And I got what they were saying. They was like, listen, after they allow all these people out protesting in the streets, you know, uh, you know, doing what they had the right to do, um, you know, they were, they were basically saying now they want to stop the church from singing, you know, when they allowed all of these different things that happen, And, you know, and I got what they were trying to say. It's like, you got all of these other people doing all of these other things, but now when it comes to the church. You know, now you don't want them singing and you want to stop the singing. And it's funny because like with our church, the choir is is singing. Obviously, I'm in Connecticut. That's something that's not it hasn't been passed or been said. And basically, everybody up there, they're singing with the mask on. mics in front mask on. So I'm not sure why that couldn't be. You know, uh, a, a possibility for them in California, or something that they could have done, and maybe I need to dig a little deeper. But just to see that it was, it was, you know, it was like wow. You know, it definitely you know, kind of made you think and just kind of reflect. And, you know, some of the scriptures you heard being said by people was, you know, Psalm 150 and 6. Let everything that have breath praise, you know, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 96, 1 and 2. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. So scriptures like that were the ones that you heard You know, um, when it was, you know, basically people saying, listen, you know, God wants us to praise him. He wants us to sing to him and, and, and which is true. But, you know, a lot of times when we read these scriptures, you know, praise isn't, you know, um, You know, some of the scriptures when you read, when it talks about giving God praise, it isn't always in a song, or necessarily always has to be a song sung, maybe in a sanctuary or in a church. But you know, nonetheless, if we're going to if we're going to go to church, then obviously, especially for those of us that have been attending church, you know, for a little bit of time, a long time, you know, something, you know, like singing in the church is just. What it is that we do unto the Lord, you know, because we want to sing praises. We want to, you know, worship through song because there's other ways of worship. And a lot of times when you hear people say praise and worship, you know, they almost kind of make it like singing is the only way to do that. But we know that there's other ways to praise and worship God. But. It's just amazing to see that, you know, and, you know, there's so many different theories behind that, you know. uh, Some people feel like, well, you know what? They're just basically trying to get to the point where they can control the church to the point where eventually they're going to tell the church what they should be preaching and what they shouldn't be preaching, which that's something that, you know, has already been tried, you know, and with this situation, you know, you got people suing the government. There's some lawsuits that's been put out there. And I guess, you know, people are doing this and jumping on this right away. So it don't carry on to something else. But, you know, I I wanted to just mention that because I'm telling you guys, you know, We need to be truly praying and being led by the Lord, because with all of the things that's going on around us in this world, you know, eventually, as the scripture says, the attention is going to be pointed on the people of God. And I I believe the attention is already there. I believe that there's already, you know, Uh, strategic plans that's trying to be set up and put in place to kind of shut the church up. And that's why it is very important. And that's why the name of my original show was in the word or is in the word. Like it is so important, guys that we stay in the word, that we get some type of scriptures down in us because, you know, we seen when the church is closed, it showed us how many people were kind of dependent, you know, on the preacher or the the doors being open and that they didn't have a strong dependency on the word. Because a lot of times, unfortunately, a lot of these, you know, preachers are not necessarily encouraging them to get in their word. And I think for some It's just that insecurity that, well, if they get in the word, then they'll know as much as I know. Or, you know, if there's somebody that is not truly, you know, showing the love to the people that they should and they are truly trying to get over on the people like that's their intent, then guess what? If they encourage you to read the word and they are trying to get over on you now when that word is in you, now you can identify when it is not God speaking. Because if you don't know the word and somebody's reading in the scriptures you know, and they have that eloquent speech and, you know, they're twisting scripture just like Satan did, you know, in the Garden of Eden when it came to, to Eve, you know, they're twisting the scripture a little bit. If you don't realize that, then everything you, you know, that they're saying you think is gospel. And this is how they take advantage of you. But because of the times that we're in and because, you know, the attention is already on the body of Christ and the scripture said that it would be that way in time. Guys, we have to make sure this word is hidden down in our heart. Listen to what Psalm 119, 10 and 11 says. It says, with my whole heart, David says, have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Listen to what he said in verse 10 Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. You know, and but how do we not wander from God's commandment, from his word? It's because to have it hidden down in our heart, that's how we don't sin against God. That's how we are able to stand strong in God when the world is trying to strip away the things that we are used to, the ways that we are are you know, the ways that we have um you know, learn to worship, you know, whether that's in the building or having services or singing, like when the world is trying to strip these things away, you know, through their laws and through their power. If the word is heading down on the inside of us, guess what? We're not going to be overcome by those things, we're not going to be moved by those things. We're still going to stand strong on God's word, we're still going to believe that God still is in control. Because what happens when His word? Word is not hit down in your heart, when it is not down in your heart, one of the ways you start to sin against Him is you start to doubt Him. You start to believe that the things that He promised and said that He is now not able to do, because that is what Satan wants you to believe. Ever since the beginning of time, His whole thing is, you know, listen. Don't listen to what God told you. He does know that when you eat this fruit, that you're going to be like a God. You're going to be wise in your own eyes. You're going to be able to do your own thing you're going to be powerful and this is the type of thing satan pushes he pushes listen you don't really need god look he can't even stop them from closing the church or he can't even and that's not the case at all a lot of these things is prophecy a lot of these things are meant to happen but the only way to endure to the end and be saved is by having the word hid down in your heart we have to be getting this word in us. On a daily basis, and I know that it is not easy because there's times I find myself, I'm like, man, you know, I need to get some scriptures in, whether that's through audio, whether that's through reading, because guess what? With the way life is, some of us have family, some of us are working, it's all of these things going on. But one thing that is most important and and that we cannot forget is to get. God's word in us continually have a healthy diet of the scriptures. Last verse I want to read. That is another very important scripture. Romans 10 and 17. One of my favorite scriptures. It says, so then faith cometh by what it cometh by hearing. And how do we how do we get that hearing or in in this uh, what is saying there with hearing is the understanding. So faith cometh by understanding and understanding or hearing by the word of God. You can only get your hearing or your understanding by hearing the word understanding of what understanding of what I should be doing in my life. Understanding of what God's will is understanding of what's going to happen In the present time and in the end time. Like that's how we get our understanding. So when these things happen, we can identify with them. We can see them through the lens of God. Like, oh, I know what this is about. God has already talked about this in his word. We're not shaken. We're not moved. We're not out here walking around and moving in fear, but we are moving in faith and understanding. And that is the key, guys. We cannot allow. The things that are going on in this world, and I'm telling you, it's a ton of things going on. And I talked about this in the last podcast. There's some things that are going on that you should give God the praise that you do not know that is going on. Because if you think you're a little shaky now in your faith If you know, without being strengthened in your faith and without getting that word strongly down in your heart, you would really be shaken to your core because this place is wicked. Yes, there are some great things to do. I love my family. You know, we have a great time. There's some things, some doors that God is opening for us right now that is going to be a first for us as a family. I'm excited about all of those things. But one thing, I do not forget. And I make sure that they don't forget is where we are and 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 to make sure we understand that we are just passing through. Even though some good things are happening here, some doors are opening, we are living our life here and doing what God has called us to do to make sure we understand that this is just we're just passing through. This is the wilderness for the saints. You know, we are on our way to the land of Canaan, just like they were in the Old Testament. You know, we are on our way to the promised land, you know, I mean, to the new heaven, the new earth. And this is our wilderness. We're just passing through. And just like a wilderness, there's so many different dangers out here. But just like he did with the children of Israel in the Old Testament, bringing them through the wilderness, He's not going to allow anything to overcome us or or happen to us. But what happened with them? It wasn't that God failed or that he allowed the enemy to get a hold of them. It was them that caused themselves not to go into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. It had nothing to do with God. It was because they kept testing God. They kept questioning God. And that's what God is saying today. The same things apply. Listen, we are not here to question God and, and try to get God to fix things that are dying. This world is dying and our Lord and Savior is not trying to fix it. Only thing he's doing is saving the people in the midst of this wicked generation that are supposed to be saved. And when that is all said and done, then he's going to come back for his children. But the Bible says that you have to endure to the end in order to be saved. So the only way that you can do that, just, you know, and I'm closing, but the only way you can do that, remember John chapter six, when, you know, Jesus, when, when they were looking for Jesus, because they had ate the fish, they had ate the bread, once again, physical things, you know. Let's even look at those things as like a money, like money today, you know, after God had opened certain doors for them and 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 they they were, you know, so blessed by it, or they were so excited about all the fish and bread they ate that the Bible says that they were trying to come to make Jesus king by force, but they couldn't find him. But when they finally did. You know, Jesus addressed them right away. He didn't play with them. He didn't give them time to get into anything. When they was like, Rabbi, where you been? He got right on them. And he says, listen, you know, why are you laboring for the meat that perisheth? You know, you should be laboring for that meat that leads to everlasting life. And when he went in to the sermon of how they need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And he was talking about the word. He was talking about the spiritual things. You know, when you go later on in the chapter of John six, you know, they were like, this is a hard saying who can, who can hear it. And guess what they did when the rubber met the road, when it came time to be just totally all about the word and all about eating and drinking the word, guess what they did. They walked away when it was no longer about stuff and their needs being met and Jesus challenged them. Like, listen, y'all got to grow up now. It's time that y'all y'all take all of me. It's either all of me or nothing. What did they do? They walked away. Go and read in John chapter six. They walked away from him. And the scripture said they follow him no more. But one of the things that was so key was Jesus turned to the disciples and he looked at them and he says, listen, you guys going to leave too? And Peter says something that was so beautiful. He says, listen, where are we going to go? He says, We believe and are sure. Not only do we believe, but we are sure. That you have the words that lead to eternal life, that you are the word that leads to eternal life. So, what was that teaching us in John t- chapter 6? That in order to get home, in order to live for eternity, he that endures to the end, he that sticks with the Lord to the end, shall be saved. And guess what? For Peter to be the one to make that confession and then later on backslide, pretty much go back into his old life for a brief moment, but the Lord went and got him and brought him back and he endured to the end after that it just goes to show us the importance of not allowing the things around us the things that are happening to cause us to lose that belief in that surety that we have in the word so listen guys know that i love you guys please stay in the word Please continue to be encouraged. Please do not allow your physical eyes to dictate what it is that is really going on. Know that God is still in control. We are still winning no matter how much it looks like we're down by and how many seconds that are left on the clock. In the end, we will be victorious. It's already been written. This is prophecy. It's already been written. It can't be changed. But what you have to do is not allow yourself to be fooled or tricked to walk away from God because of something that you see physically going on here. But listen, guys, know that I love you. I appreciate you guys always joining me on every podcast. Listen, we're going to keep chopping it up. You know, Once again, email in at endtheword7 at gmail.com. If you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review and uh, a rating. I truly would appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to Uh, subscribe to the channel and click the bell Uh, that will notify you every time we upload a podcast or eat up Mondays or uh, in the word. Um, Don't forget to like the video. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube and if you have never uh, visited the YouTube um, you can go to YouTube and just type in my name, Trevor Pope. You can type in Trevor Pope in the word or Trevor Pope eat up Mondays. When you type in any of those things, you'll see uh, multiple, multiple uh, videos pop up um, with some sermons that I think, and some teachings that I think will really encourage you. But yeah, guys, know that I love you. Enjoy the rest of the week. Don't forget to stay in the word. And until the next time we get together, I love you guys. Shalom.